Hello and welcome Behind the Marquee, the podcast that takes you inside the world of an art house cinema. My name is Nick Alderink. I'm the digital media specialist and programmer at the Michigan Theater. And I am joined by two guests who are good friends of the Michigan Theater. Please introduce yourselves and tell us how long you've been with the theater, how long you've been uh, in our uh, affiliated with our organization. I'm Connie Crump. I've been going to the Michigan Theater since it was saved from being a parking lot. <laughs> I'm Jay Simrod, and I've been coming to the Michigan Theater since 1969 when I came into Ann Arbor. And uh, both Connie and I have uh, helped uh, to save the theater and been longtime supporters and uh, avid movie fans. Yes, yes, and I thank you both for coming on the podcast and joining me here. Uh, we, are, we are going to be talking about film noir on this, on this podcast here. And uh, specifically our upcoming series, Fatally Yours. And we're, we'll talk about the series a little bit, but I want to also, first I want to talk about Eddie Moeller, who will be joining us uh, for our screening of Lady from Shanghai. Uh, and you're the ones that set us up for with uh, with Eddie Muller. How how did you meet Eddie Muller? How do you know him? Well, we're uh, big film fans. We go to f- film festivals around the country, and uh, we met him in Hollywood at the Turner Classic Movie Festival. That is now in its uh, ninth year. Next year will be ten. And uh, I actually met him on the stairway in the uh, Hollywood Roosevelt Hotel, which is just steeped in stardom and uh, from the 20s. And I introduced myself to him and told him that my wife and I were uh, avid noir fans and we uh, love the things that he does and his uh, talks and his publications. He's a wonderful film scholar and author, and he wrote a book about one of the films that's going to be in the series, Mm -hmm. Gun Crazy. Mm -hmm. But you can catch up with him. Listeners can catch up with him on Noir Alley, his program on Saturday at midnight and Sunday at 10 a.m. on TCM. He screens a different uh, film every week, same film for the two screenings. And just wonderful, wonderful introductions. He finds some real obscurities. Yeah. <laughs> and just uh, to talk on some of uh, what he's written, his books include Dark City, The Lost World of Film Noir, Dark City Dames, The Wicked Women of Film Noir, and The Art of Noir. And uh, his work has earned him the nickname The Czar of Noir. So he's he's very fitting to, to join us at the theater. And he's going to be hosting the Detroit Noir Festival, correct? That's right, at the Redford Theater the mm-hmm. following Saturday and Sunday from um, the Michigan's mm-hmm. presentation. And is that, how long has he been there? How long is, has he been at that festival? This will be the third year. Okay. So yes. that's a, a going thing, and uh, anybody who wants to continue their noir visions, that's uh, the spot to be on the weekend of the 21st. Yes, yes. Or if you can't wait till Monday, the 24th, (laughs) hit another one. 
Yes, he's going to be joining us Friday, September 21st uh, for the screening of Lady from Shanghai at 7 o'clock. And he's going to be doing an introduction as well as a post-film discussion. Uh, his his And that's what he does on Noir Alley. He introduces the films and he gives an afterward after the films as well. And I wanted to talk about these introductions because I... Uh, I you can find them on YouTube if, if you're not familiar or if, or if you don't have TCM just look up Eddie Moeller uh, Noir Alley because his introductions are so concise and sincere he's it's it's you just you fall into a trance watching him really as <laughs> how I as how I as how I view it at least uh, how about yourselves like, well, what, what, how would you describe his introductions well. He's very uh, educated in the uh, genre. He's uh, published. He's a film scholar. And one of the things that he does is he travels the world looking for almost lost films. And he has his foundation that he created that's in conjunction with uh, Film Noir Foundation is mm -hmm. the name. Which is the president and uh, founder of the Film Noir Foundation. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And they s save old films and uh, restore them and show them around the country. He has multiple film festivals in Boston, uh, Chicago, San Francisco. That's the big one. Mm -hmm. And Hollywood and, and many others. And... Uh, the, the range of films that he shows is absolutely amazing. And what 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 I appreciate uh, watching uh, watching his his um, his introductions is he he maintains a subjectivity and an objectivity perfectly. He'll he'll start an intro and he's like and he'll say something like, "This film may not be my favorite, but here is why it's great." Still, he yes. he's he's able to 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 pull you in there. And I, I, I described his his uh, his monologues, I suppose, of what you call them, as it's the complete as concise as a Wikipedia article, but as but it, but driven with so much of his own character as someone as just he's he's a he's a film junkie. He's he's yes. someone who <clears throat> in, appreciates what he's doing so much. And just a, a real pleasure to listen to. Never boring. Never boring. That's right. And I, I love his his set as well. As oh yes. <laughs> Dark and gloomy. Mm -hmm. It's sort of like one of those private eyes from the '40s set. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. With a cocktail shaker yeah. in the background. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. Um, so yeah, we're 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 really looking forward to uh, uh, him joining us. And also, uh, you mentioned he wrote about Gun Crazy. Um, I believe I, I I watched it on Filmstruck. He gave a really heartfelt postmortem tribute to Peggy Cummins. Yes. Who I believe he was friends with. He, he was. He was personal friends with her and interviewed her many times. And she came to several of the film festivals where she was in the, a movie at the fest, and he interviewed her on stage. Mm -hmm. 
Yes, it is such a great tribute to to her. I, I know that I, I watched it on Filmstruck. I'm sure you can find it in other uh, on YouTube, maybe. Just uh, yeah, a very a very great tribute to Peggy Cummins that it gave. Uh, so let's talk a little about 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 film noir. Um, can you pinpoint when you when both of you first discovered film noir? Can you do, do you do you know that moment? Uh, pretty much. Uh we're uh, children of the 50s, and back in the 50s, television stations were basically probably 90% live. Mm-hmm. And there weren't, they, what they would do is the stations themselves would rent movies from the studios to f- for filler at all different times during the day and night, although most stations went off the air by midnight, one o'clock. But uh, when we would come home from school, there would always be an afternoon movie, and they would be renting these movies that were made in the 40s because they were cheap to rent. Mm -hmm. And that's where both of us got our introduction to all these film noir movies like The Maltese Falcon and... Uh, That's a starting point for everybody, yeah, I would say. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Double yeah. Indemnity, which again is going to be part of the series. Of course, yeah. Uh, I, I, I personally came into it... Um, I guess I, I was familiar with 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 the with the genre. I think I, I grew up and I had I knew more of the neo noir titles. I was introduced really to it through Quentin Tarantino, Pulp Fiction, and David Lynch films. Right, uh, David Lynch. Hollywood Confidential. Hollywood, yeah, yes, yes, yes. That's a film noir, even though it's in color, not <laughs> black and white. Yeah. <laughs> But I, I was I was immediately intrigued by I took a class on it at at, uh, at U of M and I was immediately intrigued by the genre, and the the language of it is is so there's there's no other genre that has language quite like film noir and visual language as well absolutely uh, I think uh, mainly because it is they're mostly all adapted from Pulp Fiction novels right you are mm-hmm. and. The, char- the characters speak to each other um, so beautifully in a ways that maybe people don't actually speak, but intriguing nonetheless. There were uh, a half a dozen or so very famous uh, pulp fiction writers, and uh, many of their uh, stories were picked up by Hollywood and movies made about them. Hamlet Dashiell. Dashiell Hammett. Dashiell Hamlet. Hamlet. He (coughs) was one of the uh, bigger ones. Mm -hmm. One of Eddie's greatest skills is spotlighting not just the actors and the directors, but also the producers, the writers, Mm -hmm. and uh, cinematographers, too. Mm -hmm. Uh, What would you say are some of your your personal favorite film noirs, both of you? Uh, Well, uh, one that I've just uh, recently discovered, maybe a two or three years ago. It's called Gun Crazy. Mm -hmm. And uh, there's a follow-up to Gun Crazy in the manner of uh, it has the same uh, male star in it. And uh, that's... uh, John Dahl. John Dahl. Mm -hmm. And that's called The Man Who Cheated Himself. Yes. 
That's a newly restored. It, yeah, it, it just has been newly restored by uh, the Film Foundation. And, of course, Double Indemnity with uh, Barbara Stanwyck, mm-hmm. which is one of the quintessentials. Mm-hmm. And again, we'll be part of the series. Yep, that is part of the series, yep. so mm-hmm. don't miss that one. <laughs> and McMurray. Gun Crazy. If uh, you can only see one, see Gun Crazy. Mm-hmm. Although the opening night is pretty amazing, mm-hmm. it's an Orson Welles movie, and he's always uh, quite the uh, creative director. And. Uh, and there's always so much history, uh, uh, production history with Orson Welles too. I can't Indeed. wait to hear what hear what Eddie has to say about uh, the background of that film. There's just mythologies of Orson Welles, what he was like on set, and how how he struggled to get funding for some of his films. I think that there's so much to say about that film. I can't wait for what, what Eddie comes with it in that if, one. If you're of a certain age and you know of Orson Welles. There's a saying, no wine before it's time. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Start in advertising late in his career. Mm-hmm. Do you have any personal favorites, Connie? I do. Other than the ones mentioned. Um, I'm, I'm very fond of the non-essential aspects of film noir. The femme fatales all had pin curl hairdos, which mm-hmm. meant someone had to sit around almost all day with their hair done up in bobby <laughs> pins in order to turn out those elaborate hairdos. I'm fascinated by those. Uh, to to get back to to talk about gun crazy a little bit more, it is uh, not necessarily seen as a great film noir, a great a, a great film. But when you talk about some of the, it wasn't an A list picture, as as I guess is what I what I what I'm getting at, because and a lot of these B movie films have so much to influence on independent film today. Uh, a lot of these, the film noir, as the, the B movies of the 1940s, a lot of directors went to film noir because of it was easier to make the dark lighting made it a little bit easier to to disguise cheap sets <laughs> and the, the the writing is always something that uh the writing was rushed and there's a lot of violence involved it made it made it made a lot of b movie about b movie directors gravitated to um to the genre for a reason and gun crazy there's such a terrific shot in the film where uh, it's the the bank heist scene where the the camera is in the back of the car and it's all in one shot. It's something that a lot of uh, directors today will take pride in how how long they they can make their shots. And for for directors at the time, it was a budget a budget priority where they to, to get a, a to get a scene a whole scene in one shot was was very was very budget friendly. It was, <laughs> and it comes out as looking so extraordinary. Well, you mentioned uh, B films. Almost all the noirs were B films. Mm-hmm. The studios had big, expensive units that made that used big stars and mm-hmm. big sets. But the uh, noirs were all shot in a matter of a few weeks. They mm-hmm. might have a shooting schedule of three weeks for small budget mm-hmm. um, stars just starting out or stars who had passed their apex and yeah. were on the way down. Mm-hmm. But they were still really excellent, and also new directors. Yes, starting their careers, who went on to many fine things. Mm-hmm. Uh, how, how? What are your favorite 
you, you already mentioned uh, uh, Hollywood Confidential. What are some of your favorite new noir titles that you see uh, see get released? Well, seem to get released? the uh, the Cone Brothers. They're very noir with their uh, uh, shows, and like I said, Hollywood Confidential. That that's that's getting to be an old movie now, yeah. but if you look at that and it's it's dark and even though it's in color it's a uh, still very dark story wise and uh, camera wise mm -hmm. fargo both the coen brothers film yes. and the uh, television series are yes. quite wonderful and hysterically funny despite mm -hmm. the murderous yes uh, <laughs> flat lines yeah the the the, the style the genre of the style, I think there, there, there's arguments of, of what it is, a genre or a style, but it can be taken in so many different ways. And Fargo is one of the perfect examples of it where you, not too many noirs take place in the, the, <laughs> the middle of Minnesota. The you Midwest know. forever. <laughs> We've <Yeah>. got it all. <laughs> I'm so excited to bring this series. I, as I was building it or I was uh, looking at these titles, I could have just kept going. There, there, there's so many titles that you, you just keep adding on into into the series, and it has to you have to stop somewhere. But uh, I'm excited to to keep doing this. Yeah. Well, that'd be just great. <laughs> Femme Fatales too. Yeah, the Femme Fatale. Uh, let, let's talk let's talk a little bit about the Femme Fatale then, because that is how uh, we built this series. Uh, Fatally Yours coming up at the Michigan. The titles that we're playing at the Michigan: Lady from Shanghai, uh, directed by Orson Welles. Uh, starring Orson Welles and Rita Hayworth, Double Indemnity, uh, starring Fred McMurray and Barbara Stanwyck, Mildred Pierce, uh, starring Joan, Crawf Joan Crawford uh, and Anne Blythe, Laura, starring Jean Tierney and Dana Andrews, and Gun Crazy, as we've mentioned, starring Peggy Cummins and John Dahl. Uh, the Femme Fatale, I wanted to show different variations of the Femme Fatale, is, is how I came to this, is it, which is why something like Laura shows up. Um, Laura's a wonderful movie because you don't see Laura for a great deal of the film, and so you're building a mental image of what she might be like, mm -hmm. why she's missing. Mm -hmm. Don't want to give too much away by talking about the plot, but yeah. uh, a whole cadre of men are circling around Laura, the yes. mythical beauty, and, <laughs> and you're wondering what she's really like. Mm -hmm. um, Vincent Price is quite remarkable yes. in that. There's the giant portrait of Laura in her apartment that mm -hmm. they always focus on and it's uh even the theme song it's a classic yes yeah and, and there's it's so easy to show the the femme fatale as this dark character with the smoking gun you know, like bring doom and gloom to the to the characters of the film but like you said laura is it's a portrait it's a portrait for half the right. film or for most of the film and it's what really drives drives our protagonist uh uh to, to his limits, I suppose. Yep, she's the cause of it all, mm -hmm. along with money and revenge. Yes. <laughs> Not just Laura, all the femme fatales. All the yes. femme fatales. And uh, just a little note about uh, Orson Welles' movie. Mm -hmm. The uh, femme fatale in that is notorious for being a flaming redhead mm. in every single movie she was ever in and the uh, Hollywood system promoted that. And Orson Welles thought she should be a blonde mm -hmm. for, for uh, Lady from Shangri-La. Shanghai. Shanghai. Shanghai, yes. excuse me. She 
they were married at the time. Um, and naturally, she's got her own agenda, yeah. <laughs> in which Orson Welles plays a big part, only to find out he's a sucker in the end. <laughs> but you can say that about almost every um, yes. one of the plots. Mm-hmm. And then Barbara Stanwyck in Double Indemnity. It doesn't get much better than that. <laughs> it's the, the, what, the, what a perfect, the quintessential film noir, Indeed. really. Fred McMurray, My Three Sons. <laughs> yes. Or in this case, My Three Guns. <laughs> and there's something oddly, as, as I was looking at this series, there's something oddly relevant um, about about these films of the 1940s. Like these these... The film noir, it began in the baby boom when America was seemingly at its economic peak. And then all these men were coming home from war and women were empowered all of a a sudden. And they they came back and they had, they were coming uh, back from from violence and with, with, with dark images in their, in their minds. And this is really what, what showed up on screen. There is, it's, it's, it's a, they're all movies that are very women end up being the cause of of so much death and destruction but it's very empowering i feel like the, the, the these movies are well this film noir started uh a year the last year of world war Two, and what the happened was when men had been the focus during the war because that's men were doing the fighting but as soon as the war ended, the propaganda and the happy endings that Hollywood was uh, asked to do by the government, the restrictions were lifted. And uh, many of the studios uh, now were able to flex their real life uh, movies showing that uh, not every movie has a happy ending. It was very different for the time, and I think it's what the the French actually coined the term film noir. They they, they 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 saw the these this uh, this new trend in Hollywood cinema, and I think the the the, the bad ending or the dark ending, they were familiar to it, which is I, I think that they uh, they really they they jumped on on the chance to talk more about the the new Hollywood film noirs that were coming out. One of the things I love about film noir is that it's bad people doing bad things and getting away with them. Yes. (laughs) It's quite good. We didn't talk about Alfred Hitchcock, although I thought of him when you mentioned the long shot. Often he would um, open his films with a long single shot, but he did some great noirs. Yes. Shadow of a Doubt. um, Strangers on a Train. Strangers on a Train, yes, Yes. indeed. Yes, Always with great humor, too. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, like like I said, we we could uh, there there's so so much material to make endless film series of film noir, and uh, the crowds at the Michigan seem to love it. And I would love to keep doing it as much as we can, as Wonderful. long as people start showing up. Really, yeah, as long as, as long as they keep showing up. I, mean. I hope we can rally them with our talk here today. I hope so. Yeah, I think. <laughs> I think we got some some good stuff here. <laughs> we didn't mention Mildred Pierce. That's no yeah, the other movie. Let's talk about Mildred Pierce festival. Poor uh, no, Joan, no. for a change, she's really trying hard to do the right thing, mm-hmm. and, and yet, and yet, yeah, <laughs> that stinky little femme fatale daughter of hers. Yeah, <laughs> and that was, yeah, that, that's uh, you. 
a different a different noir. It has the trappings of it all there. I think uh, it's it's very drama heavy. It's not as uh, focused on on violence and the crime as most other film noirs. But uh, but it has all the trappings there, and uh, she's certainly. They certainly uh, build build suspense in that film. Yes, as well. she's not a criminal, but she's highly ambitious. Yes, <laughs> she Joan mm-hmm. Crawford. That as well, and the daughter too, for that matter. Their ambitions were just directed differently. Yeah. <laughs> and it's a film that it starts it starts immediately with a gunshot, and it 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 it, it keeps you hooked right right from the right from the start. Uh, Did we miss talking about any of the films? Gun Crazy, uh, Dublin Demony, Laura, Mildred, and Lady from Shanghai. Mm-hmm. There are some incredible photography effects in Lady from Shanghai, so don't mm-hmm. leave early. Yes, the 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 mirror scene at, at the end is uh, gets cited as uh, often for its uh, for how spectacular it is. Yeah. So don't forget that uh, Friday is the opening night, but mm-hmm. all the following movies will be shown on Monday night mm-hmm. at, at uh, 7 mm-hmm. every week. Yes. For the next four weeks. For the next four weeks, yeah. And, and into October, um, yeah, starting Friday, September September 1st and into October, uh, I think that we're going to be able to create quite a mood in the theater uh, for, this, for this series. Get your trench coats out. <laughs> right. <laughs> Wear a hat. <laughs> so before we wrap up here, we uh, I normally end the episodes. We talk about our movie magic moments of the week, and this is uh, we we talk about something that we've seen recently uh, that we can recommend to others. And really, the point of it is, is is something that you 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 saw and reminded you why you love movies. Uh, so me for uh, I yesterday. Uh, well, they, we were recording on Wednesday. This gets released on Friday. Yesterday, I saw the beauty. I went to the Beauty and the Beast sing along at the Michigan Theater, and I didn't stay for the whole for the whole thing. I did the introduction. I watched. I watched uh, like the first act of the film. Did you sing? I, I did. I did. I did. Uh, I did. Belt out a good man. Belt out a, a bit of a tune there, uh, because you couldn't help it. As soon as as soon as the the, the title popped on screen. The energy in the audience just lifted immediately, and uh, <laughs> they the, the had on-screen lyrics. People were singing with the lyrics, but even when the lyrics went off the screen, people would still be reciting the spoken word elements of the film. Wow. And it's such a it, it's it's really an experience unlike any other. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, we were talking about um, on the podcast. We were talking about our favorite environments to see a film. And uh, we may have a we may have, we may have spoken too harshly on, on folks that talk in the middle of movies, <laughs> but but then we, we we came to a conclusion that there's a time and place for talking and having a conversation for the film uh, during the film, and this is one of those moments where it added so much to the experience. And seeing as so many young kids show up to the theater, they're dressed in costume. You couldn't help think that this is. We're, we're building uh, an experience for somebody who's going to be going to the movie for the, for the rest of their lives. Hooray. And it was such a pleasure to, to see an excitement. People show up with such an excitement to see a film at the Michigan Theater. And that was my movie magic moment. Uh, mine was Crazy Rich Asians. Mm-hmm. I looked forward to it because I enjoyed the book. It's not pure trash, but it's pretty trashy. <laughs> Wonderful uh, eye candy of fashion hair jewelry, parties, <laughs> and yet it's got uh, 
All yeah, over the top. Yes, <laughs> all over the top and set in Singapore. But it's uh, with its um, Chinese, all, uh, all Chinese cast. It's mm-hmm. quite a change from the norm. Mm-hmm. But I want to see it 10 more times. <laughs> I just loved it. And then it's still playing at the State Theater. That's right. And folks uh, can go out and still see it right now. That's right. Yeah. Jay. Well, uh, one that I really enjoyed, which was uh, took a different path, uh, both creative and uh, cast-wise, was Black Panther. Mm-hmm. And then the other one that I saw was one that I saw at uh, uh, Cinetopia. Cinetopia. It was a Icelandic movie, Under the Tree, mm-hmm. which actually was sort of film noir-ish. Oh, yeah? I didn't, I didn't see it. Because uh, it, it starts out with a little teeny squabble between a couple neighbors, <laughs> and it ends up in a murderous uh, <laughs> bloodbath. bloodbath. <laughs> yeah, we had folks coming out of that screening because we build it as a comedy. And it was it was hysterically gross. Okay, <laughs> because some some of the patrons coming out to see that movie thought that we made a had made a mistake calling it a comedy. So I'm wondering your your opinion on that film. Was, was, you said it was hysterically gross. Would you would you call it a comedy? A black comedy? Oh, it was definitely a, a noirish uh, black comedy. It had very comedic aspects. Okay. Well, it's, uh, Just some of the setups for the scenes were uh, very, very amusing. <laughs> oh, good to know. <laughs> well, thank you, bo- uh, thank you both for coming by and recording the podcast with me. Uh, and, and thank you all for, for listening once again. Uh, rate us on iTunes. Uh, send, us your, send me your movie magic moments on Facebook and Twitter. I would love to hear them. I would love to hear uh, if, you, if you saw something that we recommended here on the, on the podcast. Uh, you can email me uh, if you don't have social media, N-A-L-D-E-R-I-N-K at, at uh, MitchTheater.org. Send me your thoughts. Send me your opinions. I'd love to hear from you. Uh, re- love, uh, like I said, again, thank you, Connie and Jay. Don't thank forget you. Eddie Muller, September 21st, 7 p.m. Michigan Theater. You'll never see a more fun and entertaining, educating introduction <laughs> to film noir. And you'll see us all there. Uh, so uh, stop by and say hello. And thank you. For, uh, we'll be we'll, we'll be back in your feed in a couple of weeks. And thank you for joining us behind the marquee.